Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I have a special guest in the building that, man, you were just in China, right? Yes, and up until February 7th. Ooh, so you, you experienced everything that we are experiencing now. Yes. <laughs> yes, the initial panic, um, not knowing what's next, all of that, yes. But it seems like it's times 10 now in the United States, which is really crazy. Yeah. Before we get too far into it, though, can you introduce yourself to the people? Okay. Yes. My name is Brittany Francis. Um, I am a teacher and I am originally from the, uh, from the United States. I'm so, I'm so used to like, you know, giving myself, giving this speech <laughs> while being abroad. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana. I'm a, I'm an alum of Xavier University of Louisiana yes. and I'm a teacher. Okay. So what, what were you doing in China? So I was teaching in China. Um, initially, I went over to teach like at a language learning center. Um, so they're basically like, you know, like tutoring centers basically for kids between the ages of three and 18 to learn um, the ins and outs of speaking English. Wow. That's really dope. What made you want to do that? Well, so initially, like I was in Houston and um, I had just kind of got bored with life. <laughs> And um, I was looking into becoming a teacher here. So I was already starting a process of becoming a teacher in Houston. And, you know, I was, you know, prepping and, you know, studying for like little tests and different things to do like a, a certification program. And um, I was inspired because one of my friends who actually had been teaching for a while had gotten a job offer in Dubai. And I was like, man, I want to I want to go abroad too. like I would love to live, you know, in another country, whatever. So I started making plans to do it like, you know, later, like, OK, I'm going to teach in the States for like a year or two and then maybe pursue that opportunity later. Um, but it just so happened that um, I started doing some research. I was initially looking at Japan and um, for some reason at that moment, Japan seemed like it was harder to you know, harder to like, you know, fulfill the requirements to get over there. And so I started looking at China and I just threw my resume out there on one day on faith. And then I got a call back and I was in um, China like a few months later. Wow. How long were you out there? I was there for three and a half years. Dope. And, uh, yes. What, so was this, what brought you back? Like the, the pandemic over there? <laughs> Yeah. Wow, yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, you know, I had a great time living in China. Um, I actually had moved up from teaching at the language learning center and actually had got my feet wet like in early years. So um I did a brief stint um teaching high school kids and let me just tell the world that teenagers are teenagers no matter where you are. <laughs> so <laughs> Just know that that was a challenge either way, even if they were Chinese. Um, and then after that, I was teaching earlier. So I was teaching like ages two through six. Um, uh -uh. So, um, you know, I, I had, you know, learned a lot um, being an educator and learning all the different ways that like, you know, kids at that young age can retain language and, you know, all the things that they can learn and do. Like, it was really fun um, getting to learn those types of things, being a teacher and actually, you know, doing hands-on things with them and whatever. Um, but yeah, so the pandemic is part of it um, because at that moment in time, I was ready to come back home. Yeah. Um, and 
Hello? Brittany? Okay, we back. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Technical difficulty. They hating on us. Technology hating on us for real. Right. But yeah, we left off where you were saying why you left uh, China. Okay, and I can't I can't really hear you as loud as earlier too. Um So where was I? Yeah, so um the pandemic was just part of the reason, but it was also so many other things that I that you have to deal with being a black person in China and those were really a lot of the reasons as to why I left as well. The pandemic the pandemic was just like the icing on the cake. Wow. So what what was it like being a black person out there? Well, so, um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this properly. Um, you know, China was a country where the borders were closed for, you know, forever to outside people. And so, um, you know, they have a limited worldview, um, you know, the way that their government is set up in their culture, um, they don't have the type of access to information that, you know, people in free countries have. And so, you know, um, most of what they know about black people is what they see on TV, on their television shows or, you know, on their variety shows or just whatever they hear, you know, stuff that people say. And it's, you know, they're a very gullible society. So, you know, <laughs> they can hear something like, you know, um, black people can wipe their brown skin off and they'll come up to you and like, you know, rub, you know, try to rub your, your skin off with their finger and see if it's on their finger, you know, wow. stuff like that. So, yeah, so it was crazy. Um, you know, as soon as you land... Um, and get off the plane like someone's taking a picture of you or they're recording you. Um, you know, literally every day you walk out of your house, someone is like surprised to see, you know, you're walking down the street with your black skin. Just living your daily life, um, you know, it's like a big deal to the average Chinese person who hasn't been outside of that bubble. Um, so that made it really interesting sometimes but also difficult because you know it was funny at first when you first get there and you're not used to um you know being in that environment and everybody's all excited to take pictures with you and this and that but then as time goes on you kind of figure out that you know it wasn't because they wanted to take a picture with a black person so bad they were actually taking your picture to like share in a group chat with their friends and make fun of wow. you or um posted on like you know they have a, a a website that's similar to twitter called weibo and like you know they'll post pictures of a black person on weibo and it's like a million comments and likes and people are saying things and stuff like that so i mean you know it's just it just depends on how you um your outlook as an individual um whether or not you can you know ignore stuff like that or get pissed off yeah. um it just really depends on the person that's a trip Mm -hmm. so what was it like experiencing the pandemic out there like while you were out there um for me it was really scary because you know for the time that i was there the entire duration that i was there my mom was scared yeah so um it was you know even before the pandemic my mom was just like where are you coming home when are you coming home because you know whatever she knows about china she sees it on tv and it's almost funny how the parallels are, you know, you're looking at Chinese people thinking, oh, they only know what their media tells them, but it's the same for Americans. So, you know, whatever my mom has come to know about China throughout her lifetime or what she sees on TV is what she thinks is happening. So <laughs> the funny thing about it is my mom, you know, 
while I was there the entire time. She kept up with news as it was happening. So see, she messaged me in December and said, um, yeah, I'm seeing that they're having a, a, a pneumonia outbreak out there, you know, whatever, just be careful. And I said, oh, don't worry about that. That's in Wuhan. That's nowhere near me. And little did we know that that pneumonia breakout that she somehow came across through whatever uh, subscription she has on the internet actually was coronavirus. Wow. And yeah, so it was really crazy. But anything that ever happened, she would message me, did you hear about that bus crash and such and such <laughs> and blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I didn't hear about that. Yes, I heard about that. So um, it was really scary. And actually, um, as things started to get crazy, a lot of people were on vacation. So when the pandemic started to spread, it was during Chinese New Year, which is like um, one of the biggest holidays in China. And so most people travel. They either travel within China to go home, visit, visit their families and spend time with their families, or they're going abroad. And I actually read something recently that said that Chinese people spent the most money on tourism around the world, more money than like Americans, everybody. They spent like 200 plus billion dollars in travel alone. Wow. So, you know, it was during that time where people are leaving and they're going, you know, wherever, all over the world. And um, yeah, so we're on vacation. And then um, I was flying back to Shanghai uh, to get back to my house because we were hearing from my my job that like, you know, we would, Oh, we'll be back in two weeks, whatever. Let's just wait this thing out and see what happens. Um, but it was at that moment when they said they were going to cancel flights and stop flights and out of China is when my mom started freaking out completely, like just completely losing her mind. And at that moment <laughs> I said, okay, I'm out, packed all my stuff. <laughs> and, I and I've been back <laughs> ever since on February 7th. Wow. So what is it like being being back here and now having to deal with all of that again? It's really weird um, because when I first got here, like physically I was here, but mentally I was still in China. I was still on the same sleep schedule. Um, you know, I was up all night and sleeping during the day, keeping in contact with nearly all of my friends in China, keeping up with all the drama, keeping up with everybody's story about whether they're staying or leaving. And, um you know, then there was a lot of drama at work. It was just a lot going on. It took me weeks, like weeks to actually get on a regular sleep schedule. Um, and even my, my eating habits are still kind of weird. Like I don't really eat that much during the day. I'm more hungry at night when my body's actually used to eating lunch. <laughs> I want to eat more food later, which is not good. Yeah. So it's been an adjustment. Um, but yeah, over the last couple of weeks, it's been kind of triggering. Uh, just because, you know, we're kind of seeing everything uh, all over again. And, you know, people who I've been talking to, just, you know, whoever, family, people that I meet on the street, whatever, they're just saying things like, do you think it'll be back to normal soon? Do you think it'll only be two weeks? And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like it's a repeat. You know, I said, you know, when we were in China, they told us, oh, two weeks. And then, you know, in the U.S., they started saying, oh, everything will be back to normal in two weeks. And I'm like, well, they said that over there. And here we are months later, you know, so nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's been an adjustment. That's all I can say. So being that you already been through this, what should we expect? Honestly, I don't know, because right now the United States is handling things in a totally different way. Um, you know, 
trying to pretty much crack down on everything from the beginning. Uh, they were requiring everybody wear masks everywhere. They were taking temperatures. Um, you know, people stayed home. They, you know, and somebody made this point actually on Twitter yesterday that America, everybody has like an individualist attitude. So, you know, it was much easier for another culture to just everybody just, you know, stay together, stay in the house, obey orders. Don't leave unless it's necessary. It was easy for everybody as a collective to do that because the government told them to and they're very, you know, they take government very seriously and they just follow. They just follow through. Whereas <laughs> in the U.S., you know, the government has taken like a really laid back attitude and now all these things are coming out about them already knowing about what's, what was going on. And, you know, people are losing faith in our elected leaders and it's, it's different. Um, it's actually kind of disappointing. I can honestly say that there were moments when I lived abroad where I was actually ashamed to be an American. I will not lie to you. Yeah. And this is one of those moments where I feel like we're all going to be ashamed to be an American if they don't get a handle on the situation right away. Because right now we're already surpassing um, all these other countries and the projected number of deaths right now is completely scary. Yeah. They're thinking by the end of it, it'll be like 200,000, which is like, wow. You know, that's crazy. <sighs> yes. Yes. And another thing, um, it's been really rough because, you know, initially, even while I was in China, I also had this kind of feeling of being disconnected. I didn't know the language. And so, you know, I didn't know what the real numbers were. I wasn't getting like, um, you know, personal accounts of people who were losing family members from it. So even though I was still there and I was only there from t <laughs> from the time I got back from vacation up until when I came back, it was only 10 days. But <laughs> I didn't get those personal accounts to really feel like if, you know, it, it hit home. But then once I got here and people that, you know, I went to Xavier with or, you know, friends and family from China who came back home or just people that I know in the States are losing their granddads and their uncles and their cousins and stuff. And then it started to get more real. Whereas when I was over there, I didn't know people who were losing people. But over here, somebody's dying every single day. Yeah. So it's hitting so much more closer to home. So it's a very serious situation. And... You know, we just got to be diligent and, you know, wear our masks, stay inside, wash our hands, just take it seriously and stop hanging out. Don't go to house parties and, you know, that's just so people. reckless. <laughs> right. Have you seen all the videos of people just hanging out, kicking it? Yeah. No, I personally know people that are like having house parties and stuff. And it's scary. It's very scary because uh, but, you know, at the same time, I was telling somebody, you know, if I was 2021, 20, I probably would have been. You know, that person that spring break, like, oh, this, you know, mm -hmm. this ain't going to stop me. So, you know, mm -hmm. I understand it. But as a mature person, I'm very scared for them and for all of us, you know. Yeah. Well, I also had another thought that, um, you know, it's really sad because I think that because people are so used to being overworked and not having time off, not having time to let their hair down and just breathe. A lot of people are just taking this this time to take advantage of just not having shit else to do. So they're going out. And that's also really sad because you think of all the people who are just kind of like disregarding the seriousness of the virus to say, shit, let me go hang out and go kick it with so-and-so because I haven't seen them in a long time. I've been <laughs> right. my ass off, you know? <laughs> so that's also really sad. Yeah. How are things out in Houston? Ah, uh, Houston is Houston, you know? Uh, <laughs> they just uh, enacted like a stay-at-home order um, a couple of days ago, 
but I love Houston. Like when I came back, I was literally telling everybody who would listen, like, I'm back in my happy place. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> um, so, you know, initially, like I was very happy to be back. And now, you know, slowly but surely stuff started shutting down. But, you know, I'm 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 comfortable. I'm happy. I'm with uh, relatives right now. So everything's fine now. I'm just in a place of wondering if I should stay here and wait it out or, you know, go back with my mom and support her through the situation. Um, so I'll probably end up doing the latter. Just go back to my mom for a little bit yeah. and make sure she's okay. You know, make sure she doesn't have any reason to go to the store. I don't want her to you know, compromise herself to go pick up some chicken or whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah, so. True. Well, I'm I'm glad you're back on this side. What is, what is your daily routine been like? <laughs> uh, when I can actually keep one, uh, I get up, um, do my daily hygiene habits, you know, shower, face, routine, all of that, just to, you know, start the day off fresh. Um, I spend the morning pretty much catching up on what's happening with people over in China. And I probably should stop doing that because I feel like at this point, um, I think I need to start the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the disconnect process, like kind of disconnect. It hasn't been helpful to keep up with everything going on. It's kind of exhausting, but I get up and I, you know, check whatever messages came in overnight. Um, check with, you know, my employer, people that I worked with, friends, whatever. And then I eat and then I kind of, um, you know, start looking around for like different things to do, uh, read, you know, whatever that, whatever I can do to take my mind off everything that's going on. I just try to keep myself busy. Yeah. I feel that. What about you? Um, I have been reading. I just started this week learning how to play the guitar. Um, been having one forever and just never fooled around with it. So now I'm learning how to play the guitar, um, working on a little music here and there, but walking a lot, praying, <laughs> meditating, <laughs> journaling. Um, You're doing better than me. I need to be doing all of that. <laughs> and I'm usually on stuff like that, at least journaling at the very least. And I just... I haven't been in the minds like the mindset of like, you know, oh, let me do something that's actually gonna, you know, help me stay relaxed, <laughs> you know. So I need to get like you. You know what? It's it's been bringing some presence to me cuz it's it's forcing me to just really look at where I am right now cuz sometimes like, you know, for me, my mind is always either working on something or planning out what I need to be doing next. So you know, kind of slowing down and just taking that time to look at, okay, what's going on right now? How you feeling right now? What's this? What's that? And, you know, it, it gives me a lot of clarity and a lot of peace because some, sometimes I'm not in the mood for it. I, I try to do it every day, even when I'm not in the mood, just to, you know, clear that, that space. Hello? Okay, I'm back. Cool. We back in. And thank thank you for your patience. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem at all. So the question I was going to ask you before we get out of here is what is one piece of advice that you've learned on your journey that you could share with the listeners? Hmm. Well, I think that the most important thing is for everybody to to stay safe. Um, do your due diligence. Um, 
But not only you say physically, but like mentally as well. Because I know that with, you know, so much uncertainty that, you know, it's easy for people to slip into a place of thinking like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Am I going to lose my job? Um, is my income going to be infected? Oh, affected? Oh, my God, please edit that. Affected. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so many unanswered questions. And I know that it can be hard to just kind of like, you know, just be still. I think the most important thing is for everybody to be still, stay calm. If you need to, um, you know, incorporate some, like you said earlier, some meditation, some breathing exercises, take this time to look up, you know, um, you know, some beginner's yoga, anything to help you like stay grounded. And also, um, you know, pick a book to read, pick a book to read every week, you know, set a time every day, you know, 30 minutes, an hour to read a good book. Um, you know, reach out to your friends, get your support system um, or family members, you know, reach out, call people, call your elderly relatives and check on them. Um, you know, just stay in contact with people. Don't shut off. Just stay open, be still and just write it out. That's all I can give. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, just trying to day to day, just make sure I'm doing something to help myself. Um, do research on some business venture that I've been wanting to do for a while or, you know, whatever you want to get into, do the research, um, you know, whatever, just keep yourself busy and write it out. That's what's up. Um, where can the people find you? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, Brittany Island, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-I-S-L-A-N-D, Brittany Island. Um, uh, my Twitter name is the same, Brittany Island. And also on Facebook, Brittany Francis, B-R-I-T-N-E-Y-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. If you're interested, you can look at photos from my journey, you know, students I've had, trips I've taken, experiences, whatever you can find information uh, that I've posted over the years from my time abroad. If you just want to talk or, you know, hit me up and say, oh my God, how did you get through it? Or, you know, if you want advice on maybe going abroad, living abroad later on when everything clears out, if you want to go teach in China or just anywhere, I can tell you some different places you can look up information on how to get over there and be successful. I appreciate that. We definitely going to talk because I want to go teach in, uh, in France for a little while. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Brittany, thank you so much for being on the it. show. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. I've been wanting to talk about this and I know for sure I'll probably write something for sure about my experiences. Um, definitely being a black woman, um, living in a country where blackness is viewed as a threat or um, not looked at as being beautiful. My experiences, you know, being a, a strong black woman <laughs> living in that type of environment and how I got through certain challenges or, um, you know, what it was like being a teacher um, in an environment like that. And just different things that I experienced. I definitely plan on publishing something soon. That's really dope. <laughs> so, I look forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a lot to say. So I definitely will have something out sometime this year. Um, and I do plan on plan on, uh, plan on starting my own podcast okay. as well. Something related to sports. 
Um, that was another thing that I was working on when I was in China. I had like a, a pretty, I was building a sports brand for black people living in China because, uh, there was an issue, um, back when the NFL were having their issues, it just seemed like it was, um, hard to get that point across that, you know, racism does, does exist in those type of spaces. And it was hard for people, particularly Chinese American people and just Chinese people in general, it was hard for them to understand that, you know, even if a, a an athlete is rich, it doesn't mean that they're willing to accept, you know, mistreatment for the sake of getting millions. And so, um, I had started my own uh, sports brand, I guess you can say, um, called The Blackout. And I also have The Blackout. The Blackout has a page on Instagram. If you can follow um, The Blackout Sports on Instagram, um, I would appreciate that as well okay. if you want to check it out. It's in limbo right now, but when everything is back in order, we will continue making posts and one day start a podcast. So if you're interested, follow the blackout sports at Instagram. That's what's up. And we, we definitely gonna have to bring you back on. Cause, uh, I, I want to hear more about your China experience. So yeah, I'm gonna definitely bring you back on. Oh yeah. I have a whole lot to say about the sports experience as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot to say. So I'll definitely be back on whenever you have me. I appreciate that. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let other people know what you think as well. You want to get in touch with us? Hit us up on all social media at The Art of Letting Go podcast. Also, you can send me an email, theartoflettinggopodcast at gmail.com, or give us a call. Leave a message. We might play it on the show, 213-394-2773. Also, if you would like to support The Art of Letting Go, we got some really cool merch, as well as we're now on Patreon. You can find us, The Art of Letting Go Podcast. Subscribe to us. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go.